Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold a spot in John chapter 10. We are in part five of an amazing series called Humble. And what we're learning is that the Bible says that the inner presence and the quality of humility, it's like a fuel pump for your relationship with God. Without humility, you can't relate to God intimately. The Bible says God's opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. Don't you just kind of like feel the power that humility provides in a relationship with God? Without humility, not only can you not relate to God intimately, but you cannot become like Jesus with integrity. We read about that in Philippians chapter 2 that he humbled himself, taking the form of a man. And because that's God's highest vision for us, to become like Jesus, we gotta have humility. Without humility, we are setting ourselves up, the Bible says, for destruction personally, right? Pride comes before the, yeah, that, the fall. And I think we've all been there, right? And then without, humility, we will not manage abundance and blessing successfully, right? We have to be humble when we are blessed and are given in abundance or have success, big or small. Why? Because God is the author of all blessing, all abundance, and all success, right? So that's those are parts one through four. And if you missed, for some reason, parts one through four, let me just encourage you uh, to go back and to, to catch up and then to get to where we are now in part five. So all of you who went through one through four and you're at part five, congratulations, we're in the final session. In part five, we're gonna learn the next powerful benefit of humil humility. We're gonna see that without the core attitude, inner presence and quality of humility, listen, you will not thrive relationally. Just let the paint dry on that for a second. Every relationship that you have, starting with God and then moving to others, right? If it's gonna thrive, humility has to be present. And because God knows that if we're not doing relationships right, we're not doing life right, his advice for us in scripture is to deposit a large amount of humility into your efforts with people, starting in your first circle, second circle, third circle, fourth circle, where you live, where you work, where you pray, where you play, doesn't matter. Wherever you're connecting with people, God's advice is to deposit large amounts of humility if you want those relationships to thrive. Talks about this in 1 Peter 5, 5. It says this, and all of you dress yourselves with humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's our theme verse. It's where we started and it's where we're ending. And you notice a couple of things. The audience, all right, write this down. The audience is every man. The audience is every man. He says, all of you, all right? Who's all of you? All believers in Jesus Christ. Do you qualify? All of you. All right, so if, you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, listen up. Second, write this down, what's the command for all of us who believe in Jesus, right? Present 
humbly in your relationships. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, right? So you know how you, you dress differently for different things? Like I dress differently when I'm doing a work project out in the yard than I, I dress you know, for a banquet or a party. And I dress different for the gym. So when you present to certain environments, you dress differently, all right? I think everybody gets that, all right? You know what the Bible says? When you present yourself to people in relationships, okay, what, how am I supposed to dress up on the inside? Well, the Bible says in all of you, dress yourselves in humility. What environment? As you relate one to the other, all right? So the audience is every man. The command is to present humbly, to dress yourself in humility. When it comes to your relationships, where's the application? In relationships. Write that down. So all of us who believe in Jesus are to bring humility into our relationships. It's right there in scripture. That is God's advice. Now, the Bible says that if relationships are the engine for life, in other words, if, if relationships are what's most important while we walk planet Earth, the oil of relationships, all right? If relationships are the engine, what's the oil of those relationships that kind of keeps the relationships going and running and, um, and working uh, for us? The oil of relationships is the attitude of humility. So the question now that we're gonna answer as we go through uh, the next section of today's session is how does humility manifest itself in relationships? Like, what does it look like, all right? So we can all kind of evaluate our relationships and evaluate ourselves. So let's, let's walk through that. Number one, humility doesn't need to win for the sake of relationship. Ooh, okay. Do you hear that? Humility doesn't need to win. For the sake of the relationship. Jesus modeled this for us in John chapter 10. This is the passage I told you to hold. John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Listen closely to what Jesus says. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I might take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. Now, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I can win. In every situation, and especially in this one, I can win. The people who are gonna lay hold of me, stretch my arms out, put nine inch nails in them, crush a crown of thorns on my head, make my back look like hamburger, pierce me in the side, at any second, I can win. But for the sake of relationship with us, I sacrifice. I sacrifice it. I sacrifice that. I don't need to win. For the sake of relationship, at any moment, by the way, fellas, Jesus could win, have won at any time with just a thought. Can you imagine that? right? Having people come and take you, the injustice of everything, the humiliation at any second, he could have won. That's why Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. I sacrifice it 
voluntarily. What's he sacrificing for? For the sake of relationship with us. The Bible says that he endured the cross for the joy set before him. You know what that joy was? Just tap your heart right here. You, relationship with you, us, his brothers and sisters in Christ. Whoa, okay. So what does that require? It requires humility. You see, anytime you sacrifice in a moment your ability or your capacity for the sake of relationships, that requires humility. And I want you to see something that's going to be a theme in today's study, that Jesus' strength, the presence of his strength, actually infuses meaning into his humbling of himself and sacrifice of himself. The fact that at any time he could have reversed the process and annihilated those who were nailing them to the cross actually gives his humble submission to the process of the cross, meaning, and what was the end game? Relationship with you. Wow. This is Jesus. Jesus is in you, my fellow believer. This should be you. Secondly, uh, humility sends a message of worth to others. We read about this in Philippians chapter 2. It says this, In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Right? So, humility, in the presence of relationships, sends a message of value to others. Did you catch that? In humility, value others above yourselves. So humility actually sends a message of value to the people that you're in relationships. Now, the practical question is, okay, how do we send that message of value, right? With words, right? When you're having a conversation, who do you talk about the most? Do you talk about the other person? Do you ask questions? Do you wait for an answer? Do you ask a second question? Do you ask a third question? Wait for the answer? Ask a fourth question? Man, did you realize that just listening, asking first, second, third, fourth, fifth, however many questions, that sends value to others, but that requires humility because humility is the opposite of pride. If in pride you're always talking about what you're doing, what your kids are doing, what it, man, you're you're not sending a message of value. You're sending a message of self-absorption and narcissism, all right? But you know the humble person? They can set themselves aside, and they can look eyeball to eyeball, and they can just go, man, tell me more. Like, okay, I got it. So does that mean that? Let me see if I understand you. Wow, isn't that amazing? Humility in relationships at work. So you can show humility with words. You know, you show humility with time. You know, pride says, my schedule's coming first, sorry. The Heisman, right? I'm putting you off, talk to the hand. I got a schedule, all right? You know what humility does? The exact opposite. It's like, okay, I'm gonna set aside that and I am going to spend time with you. Whoa, I mean, have you ever had somebody do that? You know, like maybe a really busy person or maybe somebody that had something going on and they're just like, you know what? I moved everything in my schedule and I'm gonna meet with you or I'm gonna make it to your thing. Or I'm going to pay to go to see you. Whatever it is, man, didn't that make you feel like value and make you feel like worth uh, somebody's time? Man, you know how many people are just waiting for just someone to send that message of worth and value by just going, you know what, I'm going to say no to this to say yes to you. 
right? We also send a message of worth and value just by listening. Just by listening, you know, in the digital age, um, one of the downsides, there's many upsides, but one of the downsides is it has atomized or diffused or just evaporated quality time, right? Because we're always looking at a screen, we're always going like this, we're going from real to real, right? We're scrolling through our messages, we're sending text, and we're just in a hurry. The digital life kind of speeds us up. And, and guys, I don't know about you, but sometimes before you have a conversation, if, you, if you've got a phone like mine, you just squeeze both sides and it says power off. You know, that sends an amazing message to the person that's sitting in front of you. Or if you're just like, hey, hold on, I'm gonna power my phone off. I don't wanna, I don't wanna be interrupted because I really wanna hear what's going on in your life. You bring anybody do that with you? Try it today with anybody that you're with. And you know what you're gonna send? You're gonna send a message of worth to that person. <clears throat> so words, time, listening, touch. No words, just like, maybe a little, maybe a little bro tap or if appropriate, maybe just a little back rub, right? I see you, I value you, I'm not talking. I just want to communicate through touch versus you just blown by, right? You see how humility pauses for relationships, right? <clears throat> Generosity. Have everybody be, anybody be generous with you instead of, um, you know, maybe giving to themselves or, or serving themselves where they give of themselves or they give of what they have to you? You know what that requires? requires humility because pride is self-protective. Pride self-preserves. Humility is generous and it has the capacity to be generous. So humility doesn't need to win for the sake of relationships. Humility sends a message of worth to others. Third, humility does not use others, but serves others, right? Let's read Philippians chapter two, and we see this in Jesus. In your relationships with another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. You see, the context of who Jesus was, God, and how he could act, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, and an infinite supply, God. The context of who he was and how he could act is actually what makes Jesus's humility so attractive and meaningful. Think about it. How when you see a strong person, a powerful person, a capable person, right? And they could exercise that, that strength, that power, that capacity, but then they don't for the sake of a relationship, for the sake of a connection, for the sake of a moment. Um, that's really what makes humility not weak. It makes humility very, very strong. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Fourth, humility sacrifices to accomplish God's purposes. We're going to keep on this theme. This is Jesus. Jesus is in us. This should be us. In Philippians 2.8, it says, In being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see how Jesus' obedience, his God-filled obedience, vision, and focus pulled his humility for, forward. You know, think about what the object of your hope is. Think about um, your relationship with God. Think about your accountability to God. Think of your limited time to serve God on earth. And think about your eventual meeting with God when your heart stops and your eternity begins. And that's going to drive a little humility and obedience in the present. That's what we learn from Jesus. And being found in appearance as a man, humbling, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And we read in John 17 that that was the work that God sent him here to do. But he had to humble himself. Do you realize that when God calls you into a work, it's going to call for humility and faith out of you? Right? Because you're going to have to trust the Lord. And so when we see... Jesus sacrificing to accomplish God's purposes. How do you translate that for yourself? When in humility, when he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So the very thing, the very event that secured your salvation and relationship with God, the, the driver of that was Jesus's humility. Once again, this is Jesus. Jesus is in you. This should be you in increasing measure as Christ and his character is developed more and more in you day by day. So humility sends a message of worth to others. It doesn't need to win for the sake of relationship. It doesn't use others, but serves others. And then humility sacrifices to accomplish God's purposes. Lastly, humility manages conflict with God in mind, right? What am I saying? Um, I'm saying humility-filled, you know, accountability with God creates kind of disciplined humility in the moment with other people. So, you know, my, my, in my relationship with God, you know, He's opposed to the proud. He gives grace to the humble. I'm in relationship with God. That creates humility in me. And then it changes the dynamic with me and people. Talks about this in 1 Peter 3. Says this, love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with the blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. See how that last sentence, that is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. But you know, it boils down that accountability to God, that calling of God to be salt and be light and be a fragrance of Christ. It boils down to decisions in the moment. Humility is not developed in a vacuum. Nobody takes a wand, 
right? And nobody drops little humility dust on you. Humility comes through moments where you're given an opportunity to choose, to be tenderhearted, to keep that humble attitude, to not repay evil for evil, to not retaliate with insults, but actually to pay people back with a blessing. Whoa, man. Now that's strength, if there ever was strength. So once again, don't buy the narrative that somehow humility's weak. No, humility takes massive strength, massive self-control, right? Because there's your impulse, but because the Holy Spirit is in you, you will press a pause button on that impulse, maybe to retaliate, pay back evil for evil, not be tenderhearted, get prideful, and you'll go with how God is calling you to be how God is calling you to act. So that's what humility looks like in relationships. It doesn't need to win for the sake of relationship. It sends a message of worth to others. It doesn't use others, it serves others. It sacrifices to accomplish higher purposes. And it manages conflict in relationships, and you're gonna get into it with other people, with God in mind. So those are some pretty cool ways that you can just kind of go through Look at your life, kind of go, do I do that? Do I do that? Do I do that? Do I do that? Let the Holy Spirit speak through God's word and in the life of Christ because the Holy Spirit wants you to become like Christ and then make an effort. Pray and just say, Lord, help me to be humble in my relationships. Now, let's go to the next little theme and that is this. When people come together, right? And once people get past the surface level, you're gonna run into kind of their core operating attitude, right? Their COA, right? It's either gonna be pride or humility, right? Which means that that core operating attitude is going to infect, it's going to infuse, it's going to determine the nature of relationships, right? So let's look at the three possibilities of this collision of the core operating attitude. The first possibility is you have pride collides with pride, right? Proud plus proud, right? And scripture describes this collision and what happens in Galatians 5.15. It says this, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You ever been in a situation where your pride was colliding with another person's pride in a relationships? There you go. Pride plus pride. You bite, you devour, you destroy. Why? Because someone's got to lose, right? And someone's got to win, right? But you remember what we talked about, how humility manifests itself in relationships. Uh, humility doesn't need to win. Why? Because you already won in your relationship with God. You're not going to lose anything, right, by giving something up right, for the sake of the relationship. And when you have this kind of a relationship, it's described here in Galatians 5.15, where it's pride colliding with pride, right, this relationship, write this down, is a battle, all right? Pride plus pride in relationships, you got a battle on your hands all the time, all right? So that's one possibility, right? Because you got those core operating attitudes, it's either Pride or humility, that's pride versus pride. Now, let's look at the second possibility. It's described in 1 Samuel 25.3, and I just picked 
this relationship. There are other relationships in the Bible that illustrate our next possibility, but let me read it and then we'll talk about it. And our next possibility is proud plus humble, all right? So one person's core operating attitude is, is self and pride and, and selfishness, and the other person's attitude at the core is humility. Here's a little vignette from scripture. It's from 1 Samuel 25, involves a man and a woman. His name was Nabal and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surly and mean in his dealings and he was a Calebite. All right, so you have two people. You've got Nabal who is surly and mean and the engine of that is his core operating attitude, it's pride. And what we know from the passage is that Abigail was not Nabal, all right? So what do, you, what do you have? You have pride as a core operating attitude and, and humility as a core operating attitude. They come together. And if you read the context of what happened around them, in 1 Samuel 25, you'll see that this relationship was abusive. Write that down. When you have pride plus humble, that relationship is abusive. Pride plus pride is a battle. Pride plus humility, okay, that relationship turns abusive. The proud person abuses the humble person. And can I just pause for just a second right here? There's a little bit of Nabal in all of us, men. We have the capacity to be surly and mean with our spouses. And I just wanna call out every husband listening to my voice right now. You don't have to hit a woman to be surly and mean and abusive in your dealings with her. You can abuse her with your words, with your comments, with your behavior, with your attitude, just want you to know that woman who wears the ring that names you as her partner, that woman is God's daughter. So for all you husbands who have daughters, if anybody mistreated your daughter, you know what you would do, right? God is a father, your wife is his daughter. So if there's if there's a need for an attitude adjustment in your core operating attitude, if you're if you dialed up your Nabal, time to mute it, repent, ask for forgiveness, and get right with God and how you're treating his daughter, and get right with his daughter. All right. So that's the second possibility is pride plus humility colliding, man, that relationship is abusive. Let's get to the third one. This is the one we are all striving for, and that's humble plus humble, okay? Humble plus humble, right? That's what we're looking for in our relationships. That's how we wanna take advantage of the amazing encouragement of scripture so that our relationships can thrive. Scripture uh, describes this collision in Galatians 5, 13 and 14. It says this, you, my brothers and sisters, we're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
So instead of this relationship being a battle, instead of this relationship being abusive, humble plus humble, write this down, this relationship equals a blessing. It's a blessing. Man, isn't that what we're after? Man, it could be two really strong people who could be prideful, but they press the pause button and the mute button on their strength for the sake of relationship, and they're humble, and they bless each other, right? They serve one another. And I'll say it again, don't mistake humility for not strong, right? It's the presence of strength and your capacity to be prideful that is the context and what gives meaning to your humility in relationships and people know your strength and your capacity, your ability to be prideful, but they're saying, nope, you're gonna set that aside for the sake of relationship and you're gonna be humble, listen, like Jesus, okay? In the end, that's Jesus. Jesus is in you, this is you. So as we get sort of toward the end of our little discussion in terms of humilities for every person, we're supposed to approach relationships, present ourselves clothed with humility, dress for your relationships with humility, apply it there, and then let it be the oil uh, that keeps the engine of relationships going in the ways that we described. And now that we've seen sort of, here's possibility one, pride plus pride, possibility two, pride plus humility, that's abusive. Then we see possibility number three, and that's the one we want for, want for ourselves and for the people that we're in relationship with. Here's a conclusion, write this down. I cannot love well without humility. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you can't do that without the inner presence, the inner quality and power of humility through the power of the Holy Spirit making you like Jesus. And because that's true, right, that you can't love well without humility, let's read 1 Corinthians 13 and get a vision of spirit-filled humility and love in action. It says this, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere, perseveres. Love never fails. Now, if I cannot love well without humility, and this is what love looks like in relationships. If you wanna do like a little love test, just put your name in place of love, right? Bob is patient, Paul is kind, Randy does not envy, Mitch does not boast, Martin is not proud. You get the picture. Just take your name, look down at that verse, and where it says love or it, say your name. And if you really want a love test, take it to your spouse, your girlfriend, and ask her to test you. Whoa, okay, that, that, that's gonna take a spine. Let's put it that way. But 
I believe that there are thousands of men listening to this video podcast or watching it right now with me where that would take a step of faith and God honors faith and humility. It would take humility, frankly. So if you want to apply this message, man, go do that. So where humility takes us in relationships is toward love and kindness, right? Not in the absence of our strength, but in the context of our strength. And that is what the world is looking for right now. Guys, not strength without character, strength without humility, or strength without love or kindness. It's looking for strength that's guided by humility and kindness and love. Strong and loving, that's Jesus. He's dangerous, but he's dangerous with goodness. And that's the whole movement of every man. I don't know if you're listening for your first time or for your 500th time, whether it's your first or 500. Please, please, please share this series with a buddy. Share it with your men's group, right? Go through it again, right, with them. Share it with your church. Share it with your community. Because you know what? Against the dark backdrop of just what's going on with dudes and guys who are full of pride and people get abused around guys who are full of pride and self-absorption, a movement of guys who have that same strength but are humble and loving, you can see that movement against the darkness of that movement super clear. And that's what we're all about here at Everyman, all right? So if you're watching this, I hope this blessed you. Uh, if, you're, if you wanna be generous with us, go on our website, you know, and, and just, just give to Everyman. This is the movement that we're creating. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of men around the world are doing what you're doing right now, but we can't do it without you. So I'm just gonna say, humbly, that we need your help. And I know you'll help us. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for just this reminder. Man, what a strong reminder. Um, we wanna have an intimate relationship with you, so we humble ourselves. We wanna become like Jesus with integrity, so we humble ourselves. We wanna manage success and blessing well, so we humble ourselves. God, we don't want to be like the fool where his pride goes before destruction, so we humble ourselves. God. And we want really good relationships. We want intimate relationships, loving relationships, respectful, joy-filled, peaceful, quality relationships. So we humble ourselves before you, God. Help us to dress ourselves in humility as we relate to the people in our lives. We can't do it alone. Holy Spirit, fill us so that we can present ourselves and work out in the ways we talked about today. Humility before you and before the people that we love and care about. So Lord, we pray for this movement of men who are really strong like Jesus, but they're really humble. In Jesus' name I ask.